With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everyone and welcome along to your immediate post-match reaction to St Johnston now Rangers one. My name is Craig Dennett and I'm your host this evening and I'm joined by one of our regular podcasters, Scott Cameron. How are you doing, Scott? Very good. Uh, lots to discuss. Yeah, I wasn't sure there was going to be much to discuss after that first half, but thankfully we've got a few shots on goal in the second. And we're also joined by Derek, who's making his debut on the TII podcast today. How are you doing, Derek? Yeah, good. Glad to be through and, and thanks for having me on. Yeah, welcome along. Looking forward to getting your thoughts on the game. Um, I guess we'll start with three wins in six days on two difficult pitches. Three difficult pitches will we make it? I think that was how you summed it up. Scott, what's your overall feeling after that game? I think I, I, that's that's it for me. I mean, I think uh, a week ago, I, I basically said to, to the guys, we're going into a massive week. We have to progress into cup competitions and. Uh, continue continue a, a positive start under Michael Beale. We've done that. It, it's not been pretty. Um but the the pitches are, are just a, a joke. I think the players will enjoy a bit of a well earned rest this week and uh, look forward to playing on some grass um over the next couple of weeks. We're obviously back to Ibrox and a trip to Tynecastle in between that, you know, but job done. There's there's areas uh, that we need to improve but He's, uh, he's you can't argue for, for, for much more than what we've done this week. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's been a few heart and mouth moments this week, it's fair to say, Derek, but we've made it through with, with three wins through to a cup a cup final, through to the next round of the Scottish Cup and a, a, a win at a difficult place to go in rugby park. It's I think it has to, like Scott says, it's job done this week. I, I think that's it. I think we're seeing a manager um, really squeezing what he can out of the squad we've got. I'm sure we'll come on to that later, but 
real testament to Beal and his staff to manage to get through that game three game period. Um, delighted to be through in the cup, delighted to be in the cup final, and you know not to fall further behind in the league. Because let's be honest, a few months ago we probably you know would have struggled to do that this week. So delighted. The performances could be better. We could be slicker. We could be better to watch. But three wins and and we move on. Absolutely, and we'll come on to to talk a little bit after we've we've reviewed the game on the latest on the transfer side of things. Obviously, the Todd Cantwell transfer seems to be moving along at pace, and that announcement seems to be um, kind of any moment now after after the game. Probably tomorrow would be expecting it at the earliest. Um, if the, if it, if it's announced live as we as we speak just now, then we'll be definitely delighted with that one. Um, and there's a few other transfers in the background about um, Nicholas Raskin and stuff like that as well, which we'll come on to. But Scott, starting with the game today, it was the same eleven that started in the League Cup semi final last weekend um, against Aberdeen. Were you happy with that? It was three changes from the the Kilmarnock game. Al McGregor going back into goals. Ryan Jack coming into the midfield, and Mark Tillman also coming into the midfield. Good to see Antonio Cholak back on the bench. Were you happy with the starting lineup on this one? I think with availability, it's probably um, the the best that we that we've got. Um, he's obviously rotating Jack and and Kamara. They're obviously both carrying. Uh, they've both got their own fitness and injury issues, so that was fine. Tillman obviously does what Tillman does, and we're obviously we'll, we'll go on to that. You know, he's the type of player that he has moments, and always good to to get your your creative players. On. And I was obviously I, I was hoping that that uh, Alfredo would continue his goal scoring from midweek, but didn't he, didn't he pan out that way? But no complaints at all with the starting lineup. Yeah, we've got um, Ophara Hill coming in in the comments saying he's waiting for someone to find an interesting point apart from the goal. <laughs> we're going to do our best. Um, I'm, I'm not sure how many there are, but we're going to do our best. And if not, just just wait till after the preview and we'll talk about the exciting stuff like the transfers. So um, so don't worry, we'll find some exciting points to talk about. Um, Andy Anderson says it's, it's progress, albeit nervy and poor to watch, but progress. Derek, I think that's fair to say, but I, I, I do think we are starting to see some patterns in, in the game since Michael Beale's come in that, that are continuing to repeat themselves. And it, it was kind of the same today. For first 10 minutes, we were in control of the game and we were pushing forward, albeit we didn't really do anything in the final third. But after that, we seemed to let St Johnston into the game and, and it's, it's at that point that you, you start to go, oh, here we go again kind of thing, isn't it? I, I think so. I think um, one thing Bill has brought back is a, a bit more control to the team. There's certainly more structure. There's certainly more of an identity to the team, and I definitely can see that today. I just think we're a bit slow at times to move the ball forward, and if you're not getting in behind and, and stretching defences, you're going to give them some hope. And uh, unfortunately, we've not been great at starting games. Uh, recently, under GOAN now, under Bill, it's still a, a trend I'd like to change, but you know, 100%, there's, there's definitely more structure to our play and we're, we're 100% more hard to play against, if that makes sense. We're a lot closer together. Uh, we don't look like conceding, you know, from open play as much, although I'd still like to improve on that as we go forward. But, you know, there's a definite structure, definite identity now under Bill, and, and he's got that knack of seeming to win games even when we're not at our best, which is, you know, a wonderful, a wonderful thing to have. Yeah, absolutely. Scott, it was one of the things that they mentioned in the commentary, actually, um, listening to 
to the commentary on, I suppose, what was Premier Sports now via Play Sports is usually a difficult, a difficult task in these sorts of games, and what it was once again, once again tonight. But they mentioned the commentary about when Rangers do pick up the pace and they play the one-touch stuff and they're past and moving. That's when we do uh, create danger and we are dangerous to the opposition. You do, you do wonder why. A lot of the times in the first half, we are quite ponderous on the ball. And I, I do wonder if that's to do with um, John Wundstrom and his position in the midfield. And he, he doesn't quite pick up the pace when he needs to pick up the pace. Um, and I guess that's what you really need from someone in that position for Rangers. Uh, why do you think it is that we are starting games a bit slowly? And, and almost it's almost like we're, we're, we're feeling our way into the game, but really we don't have time to do that. Just... Firstly, on the via play, it would be great. Um, those that have paid fourteen pound to to watch the match, it would be great if you could have paid twenty pound for a without Stephen Craig an option, you know, because he's absolutely stealing stealing a living. But I, I I genuinely don't know, Craig, why we're tempo is what I talk about and have spoken about forever uh, with any Rangers team. If you start with a purpose and a tempo and you move the ball quickly and you take one and two touches instead of three and four touches uh, and you don't pass the ball 40 times between Golson and Davies and Golson and Davies and Golson to Jack and Jack to Lundstrom and back, and that's what it seemed like the first 20 minutes were. And the manager is obviously watching that. I don't think the manager's wanting that to happen. But when, when players cross the, the white line, they can they can do what they, they want sort of situation, you know. I'm, I mean, I'm not going to get any dissing individuals. I'm just looking forward to a, a freshness and a couple of signings in the middle of the park because I think it's been needed for a, a long time. Uh, John Lundstrom isn't a number six. For me, we signed him as a, a right-sided uh, a right-sided eight. That's where he had his best football playing for playing for Sheffield United. You know, I mean, it's I, I just don't think it, he's back in February after we got got pumped at, at Celtic. He got sort of shoehorned into that position. I don't think it's ever been the best number six that we have on the staff is Stephen Davis, and unfortunately, Stephen Davis is unavailable. So we have to. We have to make a signing or two in that area to, and I, just a somebody that maybe takes the ball differently. You know, take the ball in the half turn, and you know, doesn't he actually just take the safe option going back the way all the time? You know, it's just wee things like that can uh, can change how you start matches. You know, I just think sometimes I think Lundstrom maybe thinks it's a bit too easy. You know, I I, I don't know. I am. Um, but it's, I think, with signings and a fresh approach in the middle of the park, I think we will we will improve as the season progresses. Yep, Derek, we've got a comment from David G here saying uh, Lundstrom's a waste of a shirt. What are your thoughts on that comment? I've seen quite a few people say that. Well, say Michael Beals came out in recent weeks and said how important he is to to the to the team and how important <laughs> he will be going forward. What, there seems to be a bit of a split between how Michael Beale sees John Winstrom and how the fans are seeing the performances from John Winstrom. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, my, I think it's a bit harsh from Davey there, but I can kind of get his point because I think at six, playing at six, he can be a waste of a jersey. For me, Lundstrom's a destroyer. You know, a get-in-your-face type player, aggressive, on the front foot, trying to get onto the edge of the box, getting shots away, and we're totally asking him to do a role that 
he's not accustomed to, in my opinion, especially in the Scottish game where that six really makes you tick. You know, you need to get the ball off the centre half. You need to set tempo that Scott Cammy was talking about. You need to be an all-round fantastic football player like Stephen Davis is. You know, and that's when we'll come on to it, I'm sure. But that's why I'm, I'm most... For me, Ras- Raskin and that six sort of player is more important than, than Todd Cad- Cantwell, in my opinion, because for me, that's the engine room. That's what makes you tick. If your six plays well, the team plays well. The, 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 the ball moves quicker. We are harder to play against. The teams can get set in position because Lundstrom takes that extra wee touch, etc. So, for me, it's so important to replace Stephen Davis, if that's even possible. You know, but a, a bit harsh on Lundstrom. I think he's got a job to do in this, this team, but just not as a six. Yeah, and we'll come on to talk about Raskin. There's a few comments coming around that already. So we'll come on to uh, talk about Raskin a bit later on. Obviously, Charlie McCann left the club today as well, which we'll, mm. we'll talk about. But just into, into the game itself, Derek, and I'll stick with you on this one. We didn't really create anything for quite a considerable period of time, I think. We didn't have a shot on target until, I think it was Borna Barisic's goal in the 44th minute. It was our first shot on target, if I'm honest. And... Really, outside of that, the only chance we created was um, when Ryan Kent burst down the left-hand side and crossed in for Fashion Sakawa at the back post. It was a it was a chance I thought Sakawa should have done better with, but um, he, 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 I thought Sakawa had another decent game today, and, and he showed he showed his um, how dangerous he can be. And I actually thought we were targeting Sakawa in the early stages of the game by by trying to uh, fight the ball over the top of their left back. Uh, I think it was Adam Montgomery who was their left back, and we we're trying to get. Sakawa onto onto the ball there, but with that chance, I thought he could have done better. Commentators were saying maybe he should have gone his head rather than his rather than the volley. What were your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I mean it was a good chance, and if you're that close to the goal for me, you, you should be scoring. You know that, that that's the way I look at it. In terms of Sakawa and all, all round, I mean we've had a joke about that this week about Sakala, isn't it? But he's not he's not the most aesthetically beautiful football player, but he gets he contributes, and Buell obviously trusts him because he does try and get the ball to him. And he does make things happen. You know, he's almost sort of like... Somebody um, described him to me at the, the Cup semi-final last week as like Ted McMinn. Like, you don't know what he's going to do the next second. So if, if he doesn't know what you're going, to, you're going to do, the defender's got no chance. But to be fair, he's getting numbers, assists. He's got a few goals now under Beal and he's really, really contributing. And that's a, the magic word in football, isn't it? That you want your strikers to get numbers and contribute. Um, but yeah, for that chance, especially, I thought he could have scored. And I, I was writing down notes, especially in the second half. And, you know... I've not got much because you're right. We didn't really, we didn't really force so many saves or or get in behind in chances. So that was that was particularly disappointing for me. But you know, one 0 and then down the road we we threw in the cup. So I'm sure we we should we would take that before tonight started. Yeah, Scott. Just let's just talk about the goal because there was literally that little that happened in the first half. So let's talk about the goal. Um, my stream, my stream. Uh, for that seemed to go down right at the moment that Malik Tillman picked up the ball, which I was very much appreciative of. Um, but Malik Tillman did some some great work down the, the right-hand side. Sakawa was uh, unlucky with his initial finish, but the rebound pops back out to Borna Barisic. And I believe a, a couple of the, the guys on TII were listening to it in the radio and they made it sound like it was a one-yard tap-in, but it was anything but a one-yard tap-in. It was, a, it was a, difficult, a difficult finish with the ball coming at him at pace, and he did extremely well worth it, lifting it into the roof of the net. Aye, fantastic. I mean, I think Tillman had been very quiet, but that's that's what he, that's what he does. We bit we bit uh, we flick inside. Fashion puts a great effort across the goalkeeper 
comes off the comes off the post, comes out to Borna and top top bag. You know, I mean, he, he could. He could probably try that another hundred times and he wouldn't do it. But an absolutely fantastic goal and just what we needed just before the just before the break. It'd been it'd been a slow and laboured uh, first half and uh, you know progression in the cup is all that matters. And I think getting that goal just before half time was 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 much needed. Yeah, absolutely. Derek Bonabarisic takes a lot of our free kicks, but that was in fact his first goal for Rangers for two years. I believe since his goal against Royal Antwerp, I do think he needs to contribute more on that front, especially with um, with his position as a free kick taker around the edge of the box. Um, we we definitely do not score enough from set pieces, and I know it's an area Michael Beale is starting to focus in. But it was it was nice to see him get that goal, and it was a, a bit of a sigh of relief on my end anyway when I saw it hit the back of the net. Yeah, great strike, and Rob McLean sounds like he was commentating on a funeral. By the way, when I was listening to it, so yeah. It was. Uh, I almost thought he'd, he'd hit off his shin and went in the net. But yeah, you're, you're right. And Bonner's had a bit of a crisis in confidence the last few months, last last year maybe. If I've been perfectly honest, I think since Park Parkhead last season, he's not he's not been the same player. However, I've seen signs of improvements the last little while, and that almost is aligned to our patterns of play because Bonner's getting played in a lot. You know, and even when Devine was playing left back, we played in Devine a lot, and they obviously trust Bonner to make that delivery. Uh, obviously, Yilmaz will come back and push Bonner, and I think that will bring out the best in both of them. But yeah, I, I totally agree with your point, Craig. We do, we do need need more contributors in the team. We can't just rely on the guys up the top end to seem to do the business for us. We need more guys getting assists, and and Bonner certainly is capable. But great strike! I mean, right in the post, he stamp. He hit it. He couldn't have hit it any better, and it changes St. Johnson's half-time talk. You know, the great time to score. They would have had a plan to sit in and frustrate. And I think it didn't change too much. But to be fair, um, the manager, Callum Davison, would have had to rip up whatever he had wrote down. And it's a great time to score a goal. Absolutely. And I actually thought we were going to go in, into the break 2-0 up, Scott. Um, Alfredo Morelos wins the ball at the edge of the box and then just strikes it into the back of the net from quite a, quite a way out. But the referee seemed to judge that he'd fouled the St Johnston player I didn't see very much in it at all. I, the commentators didn't see very much in it at all. I know in the TII group chat there was no one could see what anything any sort of foul in there. But it, it, I think the referee boys whistled before the ball hit the back of the net, which meant VAR couldn't look at it. it was, that was a strange one, wasn't it? It's a foul because it's Alfredo Morelos. You know, he's <laughs> you know it's a it's a referee giving a foul. When it, when it's when it's not a foul, you know, I mean, he he does things on occasion that obviously he's, he's that type of striker, you know, but you, you watch it back and I think it's Ryan Jack that sticks it away, to be honest, um, from from memory. Um, but it's a it's never a never a foul in a million years, but it's another official that's that's no very good at his job, to be honest. Yeah, it was it was disappointing to see. Um I think we've got Curry Muncher coming to the comments here, who's taken a bit of issue with with the reference to sort of the lack of the lack of confidence. The excuse says you're playing for Rangers. If you lack confidence, you should not be playing for us. I know Derek, you mentioned that in relation to Borna Barisic. I think it's I think it's natural that that players do go up and down in confidence, depending on how well they're playing. I don't think don't think we can expect players to be to be fully confident 100% of the time because they want to deliver just as much as we want them to deliver. But sometimes on they're not going to and it's really how players react in those difficult times is how it's when you see the real measure of how how good they're going to be. But 
I think you need to find the balance as well. You can't have all your players who are who react so volatile, who are so volatile in terms of confidence. But I think to have to say Borna Barisic and Fashion Sakala are probably two that fit into fit into that that description. Would you agree with that, Derek? I mean, they're not robots. At the end of the day, you know they've got got feelings. They even though they're top professional athletes, they still you know doubt themselves at times. There's no doubt in my mind that that happens. And I get I get the point, of course. And you're thinking you get paid a, a hefty sum to go and deliver for for Glasgow Rangers every every other Saturday, every Saturday, whatever it is. I, I totally understand all that. But at the end of the day, they're, they're robots. And Barisic was out the team uh, for a long time during World Cup and also through injuries over the last year or so. So. I get it, he, he, but he's playing his way back into the team. That's the main thing. It's these uh, professional players can go d- down low points and have bad spells, but it's all about how they recover, and that's why they're professional players, you know, and the rest of us aren't. You know, that's how they respond to things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Scott, can I, can, I, can I just see the thing on confidence? We've got to remember what happened in the Champions League, not just with Borna. You know, I mean it. The, the Rangers support lost a lot of confidence across the first three or four months of the season, and we're we're just watching it, you know. So, I think take, taking a beating, losing seven against Liverpool, and losing four here and three there, it's human, as Derek quite rightly says, you know. Either Rangers players, but they're human beings, and you suffer because you know somebody earning a hundred grand a week, two hundred grand a week can still suffer a crisis of confidence with bad results and poor form and stuff. So uh, I wouldn't be too critical of Michael Beale with the run that he has had since he came in middle of December is building individual and team team confidence because we're getting results. And that's what he spoke about, the sort of nervousness and the anxiety. That's what he's continually working on. And every time we've went through a difficult week, load of away games, it feels like we've not played at Ibrox for, for about six weeks. You know, all the difficult things, dropping points away from home, that hits your confidence. We've played, what, four away games in the last few weeks and we've, and we've came out with, with victories and stuff like that, you know. So that helps build confidence. You go into February... You keep that going. You beat them in the cup final at the end of February, and then your confidence is, is sky high. That's the nature of the that's the nature of the game. When you're winning games, you build confidence. When you're losing games, your confidence uh, your confidence is low. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And St- Stevie B agrees with you, Scott. There, so you you can uh, chalk that one up um, <laughs> as a win. Um, sticking with yourself there, um, Scott. Just on the second half, I guess I personally was then looking for that second half bounce that we've seen in recent games and expecting us to come out all all guns firing. It, it didn't really happen and I do wonder how much of that was was down to the pitch. I think the players were taking that extra touch at times. We saw it hammed in as well last week. They were just making sure they, they were secure in possession of the ball. We were, we were still struggling to really create anything at all and it actually seemed that set pieces were our best chance that we had of, of creating any sort of joy. Um, there wasn't really anything of note, to be honest, that, that came in until 57th minute. Borna Barisic, um, with a corner, I thought his set-piece delivery tonight was really was was a real positive. Um, but he whips into the front post. Connor Goldson's free at the edge of the six-yard box. Gets the header on target. It's going into the, the top corner, and the keeper manages to get a strong a strong hand up and keep it out of the back of the net. I, I was up off my seat celebrating. I thought that was... That was two 0 but it was um, it was a it was the first sight of goal I think we had in the second half, and it did seem that that set pieces were going to be our, our best chance. 
without a doubt, I think yeah, I, I like Borna taking a, a set. I prefer Borna to, to Tav because Tav appears as taking like 95% of our, our corners this season. So it's good to get Borna back and a variation in the in the delivery from uh, from the corners. But I think Golson does everything. A yard to the keeper's left. And it's and it's a goal, you know. I mean, it's a it's a great save for the goalkeeper, but he's very very close to it just being perfect, right in the right in the top corner. I I am a great believer in one nil is a dangerous scoreline. You just want to get that second goal, and it just settles everybody. It just settles everybody down because the longer it goes on, but it was the, the keeper had a couple of uh, good saves to be honest with you. Uh, he had one after that that obviously kept I think it was Scott Wright Scott Wright had a good bit of skill and uh, he was again top corner and a, a good save the, keep, the keeper the, the keeper and I'm I'm sitting there thinking we've not played great but we could be 3 nothing up here you know and that's it's, you know sometimes you just have to you take your hat off to their goalkeeper and then obviously we missed one or two chances after that but Set pieces when the pitches are poor do play a part when you're not allowed to play uh, the sort of football you want to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's safe to say Curry Muncher was not a fan of the second half. Says he even started to watch my OnlyFans. It was that turgid. Well, as long as they subscribed to it and I put the money in my pocket, then uh, then we're all good. Uh, Michael King actually thinks we did better in the second half. Derek, would you would you agree we stepped up a, a little bit at least, if not to the levels that we've seen in recent games? So we'd more, we'd more control. We'd more control in the second half. I think that um, I think St. Johnson had their first chance in the 80th minute when I thought it was going to be one each. We'd have cleared the one off the line. But without jumping the gun to that, I think we had, we controlled the ball better. I mean, I don't think McGregor's touched the ball until the 80th minute. I know he had a couple of half saves, 80 to 93, but uh, between the half time and 80th minute, I don't think he touched the ball. You know, I, I can't remember anything of note. So we were slightly more controlled, but just not as cutting. I didn't have the real cutting edge that I really wanted to see to go and see the game out. You really want to get to 60, 65 minutes, being two 0 up, and then you can start, you know, taking the foot off the gas, making changes. But there was a uh, to be fair to St Johnston, they made it competitive right to the last kick of the ball. Um, so yeah, we were a bit better, a bit more control, but. Not as uh, ruthless as I would, I would have, I would have liked. Yeah, Scott. And in a lot of games, the the manager substitutions are scrutinised quite heavily. I don't think there will be as much in this game. If I'm honest, sixty six minutes, Tillman and Sakawa went off. I thought Tillman's legs started to look a bit heavy again. I think he struggles on these kind of pitches, which maybe isn't the best thing in Scotland. But I think he just struggles when the pitch is cut up and the pitch is heavy and. Um, he, he just struggles to have that close control that that we're so used to to him seeing. Um, Glenn Kamara and Scott Wright came on. John Weir's in the comments and says uh, thought Wright had a good impact when he came on. A few decent touches. I do think that's a few games now. Scott Wright's come on from the bench and and he's he's utilised his pace against what is a tiring defence. Tends to be tiring fullbacks. He does still do some really frustrating stuff. I like when he. He's got a defender backed into facing his own goal and he'll just go and shove him over. Or He just does stupid stuff like that. But I think when he's on the ball, we saw it against Aberdeen last week, how effective he can be. And I thought today he had some decent touches as well. What did you make of um, Scott Wright in particular, his appearance when he came on? I thought he'd done okay. You know I mean? I thought he, I thought he had a, an impact last Sunday against Aberdeen, like you say, uh, Craig. So... 
I've not got a, you know, he's never going to be a starter, but I think there there is a there is a place for him whilst we until we bring in players in that area of the park that can that, that have more of the end product. Scott Scott Wright flatters, you know. I think there's times where he's he's just a pass away, or he's just he, he just the decision making part of it. He's Fashion Sakala is a bit like that, you know, but fashion gets the number gets the numbers um that Scott Wright doesn't sort of thing, you know. So he has good 10, 15 minute cameos, sort of thing, you know. And I don't have a I don't have a, a great issue with, with Scott Wright coming off the bench. He's he's gonna get his get his minutes and it's it's up to him. I think Michael Beale spoke about Scott Wright uh, after the game last week and said he's wanting them to be more have more impact, and I think he, he played more off the left last last Sunday from memory. But um, I, I he's got right as what he is. He's 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 quite a limited footballer, you know. But I think Michael Beale will be a good coach in trying to make him a better footballer and improve his decision making, you know. But tonight he done okay. Could have had a could have had a goal, but for a great save for the keeper. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Derek, one of the comments here saying uh, Kent was really quiet in this game, and I think that was probably quite symptomatic of our lack of creativity in the final third. And our, I think we St Johnston, we know set up with a, a strong defensive shape, and we know that they were they were they wanted to be tough to break down and almost come out at us in the last ten fifteen minutes and try and at least salvage salvage a goal and, and get back on level terms and we'll come on to one of the one of the efforts that they that they had um towards the end that had my heart in my mouth anyway at that stage. But what are your what were your thoughts on Ryan Kent's performance today? I think since he's moved into that free role under Michael Beale, he is making much more of an impact on games and he's um he seems to be enjoying it a lot more as well. Um what did you make of him today? Well, I think he was substituted, wasn't he? I'm right in saying that. I've got it wrote down. He was substituted. Did Lowry come on for Kent? Is that right? Somebody? Yeah. So, how often do you see Ryan Kent be substituted? So, I think that says it all for me. I think that um, he didn't have a great game. I'm not going to um, sit and scave the guy. I think he's been great since Beal came back. And even when under Gio, when we weren't performing, Kent never hides. You know, he always wants the ball. Does he always contribute as much as we would like? Probably not. But just today just wasn't his night. You know, and that's going to happen. And it's a way to St Johnston. It's half five. The well's been crap. You know, it just the pitch was, you know, totty field, whatever you want to call it. And it just wasn't his night. It was didn't he come off from. That's why you've seen Jack and Lundstrom and these guys kind of more prevalent in the game because it was that sort of battle. So I'm not worried about it. You know, he'll be back in the next game and I'm sure he'll be back on, on form because under Beal and that sort of inside 10 or whatever you want to call it, for me, there's no one better in the, at that at our club. So... Um, not too bothered about Ken's performance. I don't see it being a pattern and just a one-off. Hopefully, anyway. Yeah, fingers crossed. And we've obviously got St Johnston next Saturday in the league, and that's back at Ibrooks, which I've not seen the pitch Ibrooks for a few weeks. But hopefully, that's in in better condition than the ones we've seen over the last week or so. Um, Scott, I think you mentioned previously the goalkeeper made a few good saves. Um, there was uh, a shot from Scott Wright from the edge of the box that was curling towards the top corner that the keeper. Turned away. Um, Alfredo Morelos then just I think it was a minute after that had um, a nice wee bit of skill in the box to to flick the ball over the defender's head and then the ball was cleared off the line. Um, just a, a few comments around Alfredo Morelos and his performance tonight and he looked a, people think seem to think he looked a bit sluggish and a bit slow. Um, I don't know 
how much of that is I've just come to expect that from Alfredo Morelos now as to how what is I'm not sure how you you watch back the videos from the, the European runs and you see what he was like in 2019 those that kind of seasons and you're like wow it's he's a completely different player now where should their expectations be for Alfredo Morelos I think a lot of people kind of wet him off with a lot more than they should be let off with but at the same time he he delivered on Wednesday night and he, he still pops up in the big moments so what do you make of it? What do you make of Alfredo Morelos this evening? I thought he'd done okay. You know, didn't think he was. You know, I thought he held the ball in better than he's done it. He's done it times. You know, I mean, there's times where it's been the ball's got played forward to him and it's been an adventure just to actually hold the ball in and actually, when you're only one goal ahead, you need that. His decision making. There was a couple of times tonight. He he should be holding his position so that he's not getting caught offside. That's been a problem even when he was at his at his best, you know, at times he, he, he just goes that wee bit too early. I don't know what he was thinking about with the wee flick. When's he, when's he ever done, like, an imp, a wee bit of skill trying to dink it over the keeper or something? Just put your laces through it. That's what that's what he does uh, 99 times out of 100, you know. But, listen, he's probably going to leave in the summer, but he's got a role to play. And if we can get a turn out of him between now and then, It'll benefit the next move that he gets and it's going to benefit Rangers. I do think that he's he's played probably more under Michael Beale than he would have because of uh, Cholak's injury. So I think you've got to remember he was out for the best part of five months with the with the injury that he picked up. He then was used pretty sparingly under under Geo. So he's not played a lot of football over the last seven or eight months. His physical condition could be better, undoubtedly. But I do think he's 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 getting slightly better. There's still he's a million miles away from the Alfredo that uh, that certainly I know and love sort of thing, you know. But I just um, the more games he gets, the I think that the better the better he, that he'll be. And I, I still think he's got a. A, a big part to play on, and and us lifting a couple of trophies this season. You know, I think Michael Beale likes him. You know, I still think he's the type of striker that Michael Beale wants as his centre forward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, where we went to Derek and sort of close off the game, and then we go into transfers. Scott, um, we know your 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 boy loves Alfredo Morelos and has a lot, has a lot of signed Alfredo Morelos memorabilia. Uh, Curry Munchers obviously seen all the, your photos in the background. There, he's asking uh, what is your most prized photo memorabilia that you have. Can you can you give us a bit of insight into that? Oh, it's hard. It's hard to talk about uh, photo memorabilia because like this room is you're only seeing a you're only seeing a there's four four walls here and there's about maybe about fifty or sixty. Items nine in a row and Walter Smith, Gaza, Loudrop, all that sort of stuff. But through in the other in my wee boys room, I've got a frame and it's nineteen the nineteen eighty two to eighty four Ranger strips and it's the home strip, the away strip. It's a blue with a white pinstripe, white with a blue pinstripe, and they wore a one off strip in Valletta against uh, against Valletta, obviously. And it's an Airtex way before Airtex was the, the sort of thing, and it's probably that's probably my most prized piece of memorabilia because I know collectors of strips that haven't got it and I have it as one of the rarest uh, strips ever I got it via a 
a coach that was there at the time. Um, so the next time I'm on, I'll have that in the in the background so everybody can see it. But no, it's just listen. This is Maui. This is Maui Blue Room, and Maui Boy's going to get the the extension for for uh, for that over the next uh, the next few years. But no, it's hard to pick a you know nine in a row wall, anything that's signed by Walter or Ali or anything like that. So good question though. Yeah, absolutely. As and it's uh, the amount of stuff you 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 post on Twitter and things like that that you've that you've got on those walls is, is quite incredible. And some of the stuff I think a lot of Rangers fans would love to have. So just to close off the game, Derek. Um, they, I think with ten minutes to go, St Johnston thought, well, let's have a go. Why not? Um, let's try and sneak that goal, and we'll take it to extra time. Um, I think the game started to open up and in some ways that was to our favour, but in other ways it kind of showed up some of the deficiencies that we've seen defensively um, in recent games, particularly down that um, our, our left side towards our, towards Bonabarasic in the left-back area. Um, I think it was 81 minutes and Johnston put a ball into the box. Barisic tried to... There was kind of half-arsed block it, I think it was, fair, mm. it was fair to say, and it def- he deflected it right into that sort of corridor of uncertainty that that the defenders speak about and the St Johnston striker was was quick off the mark and he he, he, he slotted it past Alan McGregor. Thankfully James Tavernier was there to to clear it off the line. But that, that was a that that was a real scare. Um and it was uh it was one that you've I think that's the epitome of why we always say you need that second goal. I thought it was in. Honestly when it left the, the boys foot I thought the net was about to bulge and have no right to be there but fair play to him he's obviously read it very well and he actually got it away quite comfortably when you've seen the replay um, but yeah we still giving the ball away far too cheaply at times for me when we're trying to see out the clock um, and we don't stop enough crosses and that's just a recipe for disaster um, luckily we got away with it this evening always lovely to get a clean sheet they've not they've been few and far between so I'm sure Beal will be delighted with that but for me we've We've not been ruthless enough up front and therefore it's hard to keep teams out for the 95 minutes or whatever we had today when we're defending the way we have been, especially in the midfield. And you can blame Borna for not stopping the cross, you could blame Davis, you know, for letting a man get across him. But for me, we're just giving a ball away too cheaply in midfield or even up front at times. And, and Cami mentioned rightly about Morelos holding up a little bit better and it was a bit better. But for me, it still comes back too quickly at times and that's something that we have to stop. So hopefully... If we go into the next segment, the players that we've got, hopefully, fingers crossed, coming in can actually make the ball retention better and see these games out a lot more comfortably. Yeah, absolutely. So, Rangers on night one, their winners at McDermott Park. I think it's still called McDermott Park. I don't think they've got a sponsor on it. So, Rangers on night one, won their winners at McDermott Park into the hat um, for the next round. I believe the draw is done after Darvel versus Aberdeen tomorrow night. Um, so, we'll be keeping an eye on who we get there, definitely want a home tie at least um, in that, and I think that will continue our progression through the Scottish Cup. Okay, Home to to Celtic would be nice. It'd be nice nice warm-up for the cup final. (laughs) Yeah, and good luck luck to Darvel. I spent a bit of time down there as a coach, so for the under-20, so good luck to all at Darvel against Aberdeen. And it's not just because it's against Aberdeen, I actually got a wee soft spot for Darvel. (laughs) Absolutely, they've, they've been going great guns in the cup this year, and it'll be—I'll uh, definitely be tuning in on Monday night anyway to see how they yep. how they go on with that one. Right on to transfers. I think we've 
I think we've heard a lot about Todd Cantwell this week, Nicholas Raskin as well, and um, I keep wanting to call him Stephen Whitaker, but he's not. He's, <laughs> his first name is totally blanked, but let's call him Whitaker. Um, at the moment, um, Stevie B asked, I think it was first question Stevie B asked today on the podcast, thoughts on Cantwell, Raskin and Whitaker. Um, let's take Todd Cantwell first, Scott. I think he seems to be pretty much over the line. There's um, reports that um, from Fabrizio Romano, who's one of the most trusted sources, that contracts have been agreed. He's passed his medical, so he's basically just waiting on the announcement, the official announcement coming from the club. He was spotted in Glasgow on Friday. What, what do you make of, of this, the signing of Todd Cantwell, and is, is he one that excites you? I think if we get the version of a couple of seasons ago, I think the first season he was in the Premiership with, with Norwich, you know, he, he, he was he was tearing it up and he was being linked with 15, 20, 25 million pound moves. You know, I mean, I think he's he's a, a player that, from what I can gather and a couple of things I've watched with Norwich fans, I think he he thrives on confidence. You know, I don't want to say we need an R player that needs an arm round the arm round the, sh- round the shoulder, but I think Michael Beale could be the the sort of the right sort of coach to to get the best and the best version of Todd Cantwell moving forward. You know, but I, I think Derek uh, hit the nail on the head. I don't think he's the most important signing of the the, the proposed three, but I think he could certainly add to our. Uh, good on the ball and uh, you know just can can see a pass and you know just a, a good a nice footballer on the on the ball you know and for me you can't have too many you can't have too, too many creators and too many uh, good players on the ball you know so hopefully it gets announced over the next couple of days and uh, we can we can get him a week's training and potentially involved next weekend Absolutely. Teddy Bear's going to the comments saying Morgan Whitaker. Thank you very much for that, Teddy Bear, because I've been totally blanked on that one. Derek, um, Todd Cantwell, I think when you see performances like tonight, you, you do really think he's a he's a player that can come into the, the team and make a difference. I think when you when you remember we've still got Hadji to come back, we've still got Tom Lawrence to come back, we've got Ryan Kent now kind of roaming, roaming around that sort of attacking midfield area we do seem to have more creative options and Malik Tillman as well um can can slot in there and I think that's probably where I prefer to see Malik Tillman play. Um but I, I think Todd Cantwell is one that it, it does excite me because of what I, I saw him do in, in the Premier League. Obviously he's he's fallen out of favourite Norwich and I'm not entirely sure why why that is but he is he is a signing that excites me is he is that one that, that you're looking forward to? Oh, 100%. He's one of the, the boys you would pay money to see. You know, there's no doubt about it. He's lost his way a little bit, of course, or, or let's be honest, Rangers would not be getting him. So we need to keep that in mind. However, Beal being the man that he seems to be, will uh, 100% back himself to get the best version of Todd Cantwell. I have no doubt about that. Um, Tom Lawrence came in. I mean, you speak to any Rangers fan, you know, that's watched the games this year. They say they've missed Tom Lawrence. For me, Cantwell's that same type of player can unlock defences, can score goals, can carry the ball. He really brings... If we only sign Cantwell, you know, I'd obviously be a bit, be a bit disappointed because we'll talk about the next guy I'm really excited about next. But I think we'll, if we only sign Cantwell, we would add so much to the team in terms of what he can bring. An informed Cantwell can really do damage to defences and, and, and really keep that ball moving. And Cammy speaks about tempo. He can take the ball under pressure. He can make things happen. He's a, a fantastic talent. And just hopefully Beal can get the best out of him. Um, because if he does, then there's no doubt we've got a we've got a gem on our hands. Uh, by all accounts, um, he, it's just maybe a, an out of favour thing in Norwich, not in terms of how he's been playing. But 
we can get the best out of him. Bill will back himself. His coaching staff will back himself. I think they're making players better already in 10 games. So I'm sure they'll feel that they can do that with Cantwell. And, and yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing him get it done, hopefully, tonight or tomorrow. Get it done, get him in and, and, and get him against St. Johnston next week. And I think we'll see a more fluid Rangers with Cantwell in the team. Yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd have to agree with that. And I would echo I'm, I'm excited about seeing him um, come into the Rangers team. I'll stick with you, Derek, or for the next one. Obviously, Nicholas Raskin. I've been on record yes. before on podcast saying I don't know a great deal about him. I've obviously seen a lot of people giving him rave reviews on social media, but I've never, I think, apart from the games against us um, a couple of seasons ago, I don't think I've seen him play. Um, what, what are your thoughts on Nicholas Raskin? He does seem to be a really promising one. So I'm going to be honest, I didn't know about him until about one month ago and then we need him. Like that's how much I've been sold on him, reading about him, watching him the last month. He's a natural six that takes the ball under any circumstances. His passing accuracy is fantastic. His pass completion rate is fantastic, but not just his pass completion rate in terms of give it to your mate five yards away. He can make the passes that can move us forward, splitting the lines, whatever you want to call it. And this sort of 4-3-2-1-ish that we're playing, a, a, a six that passes forward is so important because you've seen with Lundstrom there, that's not his first thought, it's keep the ball you know, and go sideways, which is great and it needs to be done, but we need to be going forward against people on, on the back foot. The, what I've read about him, I read an article from a Standard Liège supporter yesterday uh, and he's a leader of men. He's bossing people about. He would come in for a very young age and telling people where to be on the football park. And for me, we don't have enough of that. You know, Connor Goldson does it. There's a few others that do it. But we need that sort of leadership in, in the engine room for me. And I, I'm really excited about this one. And I, I honestly think this could be a player that we don't have for long. Um, and I mean that in the nicest possible way. I think once he gets a season... 30, 40, 50 games under his belt at Rangers and, and how what he brings to the team, I can see him moving on. Now, obviously, you know, we've seen transfers go the other way and, you know, I'm not sitting here naive to think that it's a, it's a sure thing, but I'm very, very um, excited with him to, to see where he gets to with Rangers because he's, he's the player we need, he's the six we need. He'll move the ball, he'll take the ball off the defence and he'll make things happen. I know Steve B saying he's a, a box of odd midfielder, but for Lee Edge, he's sort of the the deep line creator, very much like the Stephen Davis out for me in his latter career anyway. Yeah, Scott, Derek spoke really well about Raskin there and what he's sort of learned over the past month or so um, about him. Um, it's definitely, if he, if he plays the role that, that other people are saying that, that he does in terms of being that sort of, um, he kind of gains the forward, the forward passing and, and through the lines and he, he pushes the team forward at pace, I think. We spoke about John Winstrom earlier and um, and his sort of contribution in tonight's game, and it wasn't what it wasn't what we needed for large parts of it. And he does play that square pass quite a lot of the time, and he's he he he, um, he messes it up more often than you would think he he probably should as well. I, I make I'm quite excited at the prospect of our midfield getting a bit of an overhaul. Would you would you agree with that? Hundred percent. I think I've uh, been on record over the last few weeks talking about the need for a, a six and an eight. I think uh, Raskin is one, although he's he is as, as Derek rightly say, he's playing deeper for Liège. I think he has the skill set that he can he could play between a six and an eight. You know, I think he has the he has the skills in his locker to be able to do that. But I think we would be we would be looking for him to play the position that that uh, Lundstrom primarily is playing and the 
the, the sort of heir apparent to Stephen Davis sort of situation. I know Stephen Davis potentially could still come back, but that was a position we were going to have to address regardless of Stephen, uh, Stephen Davis's injury. And uh, it's, it's long overdue. Um, and, you know, I, I'm as excited as anybody to hopefully get the deal, get the deal done uh, this month and allow him the opportunity the next few months to... That's where it's important bringing players in as well. Although the season isn't over, I think it's important that you start to get players in and start to build towards next season and then another and then a, a proper tilt at the league championship. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it'll be really interesting to see what happens. I think the latest reports are that he's passed his medical with ourselves. He's signed a pre-contract agreement today and then it's it's up to really Rangers and Standard Ways to see if they can agree a a fee to get him in the door in January. I think I would much rather him get in the door in January and get get that settler in period done and dusted and hit hit next start of next season all all guns firing. Uh, last one that was on the original list from Stevie B. Derek was Morgan Whitaker. I think today's developments were that over the last couple of days, so one just said that they were going to include him in their match day squad today and potentially play him, which would have meant he played for two clubs already this season and couldn't move. I think Morgan Whitaker was wise to that and went to went to the manager at training yesterday and said that he wasn't in the right headspace to play. Um, Swansea kept their mouths quiet on, on that one. I assume they were trying to force their hand a little bit to try and make the move before today, um, which I don't think you can blame them for either. But in, we were all keeping an eye on, I know Scott particularly was keeping an eye on the, the Swansea starting lineup. Maybe the first time he's ever done that. Um, but he was keeping an eye on it today and, and he noticed that Whitaker wasn't. And the team, he does seem an exciting player, Morgan Whitaker. He's 22. He's, I think it was um, 16 goal contributions so far this year in 25 games. He's, um, but he was playing at League One level. Where do you stand on the... There's been a lot of back and forth between Rangers fans as to as he's, he's shown at League One level, but is that really the, the level that we are looking at or we should be looking at? What's your, where's your stance on that one? Yeah, I don't get the snobbery when it comes to players that play in League One in England. I think if you can contribute in League One, you can do well in, in the Scottish Premier League, let's be honest. And I think we've we've shown that recently, Jory won the likes, you know. So listen, with because of what I've learned, and of course, you know, and I'm not, I've just heard them when Rangers got linked and I've looked back the way and looked at his performance. He's very like a bums off seat type player. You know, he could play in that right side of 10. Um, looks after me, he could play on the left side of 10, but he's, he looks, he's contributed. You just look at when you look at a player, you look right, he's played this amount of games, how many goals he got, how many assists he got, and he's a contributor. And that, that alone should be exciting. I, I, again, I've not seen too much of him live or anything, I've just read stats and looked at highlights. But you know, I trust totally trust Michael Beale implicitly to get the players in that we he likes to fit his system and he seems to be more hands-on certainly on the front line than what Gio was I mean I don't know if that's fact that's just my perception so if, if Bill likes him as a player he would, obviously he'll, he'll do for me and I think maybe maybe been on Bill's radar for QPR before he came up here as well so I think he's done his homework on him I'm really really looking forward to seeing more more attacking players I mean that's what we want to see at Rangers isn't it people getting taking people on getting assists you know, shooting, taking some shots as well. And I think that's one thing I read about Whitaker was he takes at least three shots a game, which we are not renowned for. And I think you don't shoot, you don't score is the first thing you learn in football, isn't it? And I think he certainly takes an average three shots a game, which is which is high for where he plays. So, yeah, look, looking forward. Hopefully we can get the three of them done and in and settled. Uh, league may be too far stretched for us this year, but it's really imperative to get these boys in so we hit the 
ground running come pre-season and we, we go and take a real good go at this league next year because if we get the right boys in, it's, it's definitely there for the taking. Yeah, I think so. I'd have to agree with that. Scott, I really like the age profile of these players that we're bringing in. Um, Cantwell, I think, is 24. Uh, Whitaker's 22. And I believe Raskin's 21. Um, I think these players definitely fit into the um into the the um the model that we're looking to to get to get with the player trading side of things um a, a good couple of seasons with us and then sell them on to the english premier league um for, for big money and and start to go that start to go down that route again i think these three players are the first ones i've seen in a while actually that i think show that real promise and have that real potential hopefully we do get all three over the line and hopefully um, hopefully they do uh, pull up trees in, in Scotland and, and are able to make that move in a few years. But it's, it's exciting seeing that that profile of player coming to Rangers, isn't it? Definitely, I think we have recruited like more like Tom Lawrence a wee bit older, Ben Davies a wee bit older sort of sort of situation, you know. And it, it, it's about finding a that fine balance. But I think the age of the the squad overall was, I think, touching 30 at the start of the season. So I think it's important. You're obviously going to lose probably um, Alan McGregor and Stephen Davis, which will significantly reduce the the overall age of the the squad. But they they tick all the boxes. You know, again, I'm not saying I'm an expert on all three players, but... There's a lot of things to be excited about with the three of them and they can make Rangers a better team to watch and we will win far more games of football with these type of players and a, and a coach that knows what he, what he wants. I think he, he he's had a huge uh, influence on these. I think Raskin's potentially been on our radar maybe even as far back as when Michael Beale was, was with us with Steven Gerrard. He obviously played against us with Liege. I think Cantwell and um, what's the other boy, Whitaker. I think they're both, he's been aware of it when he's obviously been down south. I mean, Michael Beale knows football. You know, I mean, it's, I, I don't think there's probably a player playing in anywhere in, in British football that Michael Beale doesn't, doesn't know, you know, so a lot to be excited about, but just get them over the line, get them in the door, and then we can move forward. Absolutely. So I think hopefully we're in for an exciting week if if the reports are are to be believed. So keep your eye on TII Network over the over the coming days, and we'll have we'll sort of live reactions to to signings and press conferences and all that sort of stuff. Derek, one of the things that came out today, which I think actually caught people a bit off guard, was Charlie McCann heading off to Forest Green Rovers. It was a bid accepted earlier on. Um, Rangers had offered him a contract, but he rejected it because he wanted to play first team football. He's off to, I think it's League Two in England for a screener in. It didn't mean League One, but I think it's League Two. Um, I think you have to admire his ambition to go and play first team football. He was, I think it's 119 minutes in total he's played for Rangers so far this season, which isn't enough for a player of his age. And he wasn't really getting a look in. He's played that he was playing under a couple of managers now and not had that look in. So I, I quite like the the fact that he's he's decided to take that step to go and play first team football. I know a lot of Rangers fans would have wanted to see him more in our first team because they believe he had some talent and he had showed some promise. What are your thoughts on Charlie McCann? First of all, I like it from from Charlie. I think it's a great attitude. I think he could easily have took that extra year and you know had it comfortable. You know, I'm not saying Forest Green Rovers is um, you know 
I think they're League One. I think that I'm not sure how to put my, my house on it, but I think they're down the bottom echelons of League One. So it's a, it's a decent move. If we're saying that you know we'll take players from League One, it's a decent move for Charlie. I used to work in development football, and I used to always bang on about you know boys need a chance, boys need a chance, boys need a chance. Now I'm in first team football, obviously a, a massively lower level than what we're at, and now I'm seeing the other side of it and saying, well, they need to earn it, they need to wrestle someone's jersey off. So why should I give a jersey to someone that's 19 just for the sake of the cause of 19? Um, so I can see it from Rangers' point of view and I can see it from Rangers' fans' point of view want to see young talent in the team but at the end of the day you get five days a week to win your place on a Saturday and then obviously there's a few of the, the, the youngsters that are not doing that at the moment Adam Devine has done it you know Parsons has done it in the past so it's not uh, un, it's not unachievable so for, for Rangers' point of view it's a shame you know Charlie's obviously got talent he's done well and you never know what kind of player he might develop into but we need contributors right at this moment in time and I think if Charlie wants to move on I don't think Rangers would have would have stood in their way and, and they haven't so good luck to him I hope he does well and a, a good season down in Forest Green you never know he could get a championship move and then he can make a good career for himself but you know it, we'll move on and, and there's, there'll be the next youngs that come through and takes Charlie's place and that's just how Rangers work we've just got to keep evolving yeah, I, I think I think I, I'd have to agree with that one, Scott. Just on sort of Charlie McCann, we got a few comments coming in here. RFC fifty six was surprised uh, that it was a sort of a, a full a full time transfer and not not maybe a loan with the option to kind of recall him at the end of the season. Got Curry Muncher saying uh, it's what happens when you bring in young boys out with Rangers. They have no no desire to fight for the first team position. Um, he's maybe just looking for a bit of loyalty from our youth. I kind of disagree with that last point anyway. In terms of loyalty from from the youth, they need to go and play football and try and make a career for themselves, or they can get lost in the system. We see so many talented, uh, promising youngsters that then get they, they stick too long at the big club, or they they just get a bit lost in in the system. Um, what are your thoughts on Charlie McCann's decision to make that move? Listen, I, I echo Derek. I've got a lot of respect for the fact that he's taken the move. It would have been very, very easy to take the contract and and sit there as a Rangers player, not being involved. But he could. There's a lot of young players at various clubs that just stay with these clubs because they want to be known as a Rangers player or an Aberdeen player or a Celtic player or whatever it may be. He wants to go out and play football. I would, I would have liked to have seen Charlie McCann getting more opportunities, but. Michael Beale has basically said you need to earn it. You need to impress your teammates. Would your teammates be watching and going, God, that young kid's, my, my, my position's up for, uh, he's going to take it off me because he's turning up Monday to Friday. Alec Lowry's in the, the same position. If you're not doing it Monday to Friday, then um, it's it's not going to happen. But Forest Green are sitting at the bottom of League One. I think they, they, they romped League Two last season, but I think they're having a difficult um a difficult season in the in the higher league. But I think it's quite a progressive club for them. Although, you know, there is that bit of snobbery. League one, league two is probably still a decent a decent level. And if he goes down there and plays 40, 40 games next season and potentially impresses a, a team in the next division and maybe gets a move and he makes a good career for him for himself. But good luck to him. You know, it's uh, I was I thought when Michael Beale mentioned at his press conference about inquiries about some of the younger players looking to get game time, I thought that's who it was going to be referring to. Um, he had the opportunity, I, I do know he had the opportunity to go out on loan within the SPFL at the start of the season. 
but he wanted to stay and he wanted to stay around uh, the training centre and hope that his opportunity came. And obviously that's a gamble that hasn't hasn't happened. But I think one of the points was about uh, being alone. His contract's up in 2024, so Rangers are probably looking at it as this is probably the 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 best time to sell him, if that makes sense, without uh, without letting it run down another few months, you know. But good luck to him. He's uh, you know wish him well for the future. Absolutely, and like Shona says, with this comment here, hopefully we've got a sell on cause. I I don't imagine he would be leaving without us having a sell on cause in there because we know how promising he is, and obviously with his background with Manchester United and then us, there will always be clubs that are willing to to take a punt on that um, and I think he'll we'll, we'll only start to see him moving up and up the pyramid as as he gets more first team game time um, Derek just to, to kind of round us off on this podcast we just hit the hour mark um, three other youngsters who I think at some stage of of their career, of their careers, or at least their, their youth careers with Rangers, have been deemed as the next big thing. Um, Kai Kennedy, Josh McPeak, and Lewis Mayo all been all been given the opportunity to leave. I think Kai Kennedy has a few options in America and a few lower league clubs. Josh McPeak, I think, is is doing well at Queens Park and the Championship, and Queens Park are keen to make that a permanent transfer. And then Lewis Mayo is obviously with on loan at Kilmarnock just now and uh, they're keen to to make that permanent as well um it's good to see these guys some of them maybe stayed a wee bit longer than than they than they, they should have for their own careers but it's, it's good to see these guys getting getting moves at decent level still and that's what it's all about you know playing for rangers is obviously the, the aim and the goal for these youngsters but obviously making a career out of football is the next best thing and, and i'm sure kai and and Josh and um, Lewis will do that. You know, Lewis is going into an SPFL team. Josh McPake, who, who's the one that I'm disappointed at. I love watching Josh McPake play football. You know, he, he's just a mercurial talent for me. But, you know, it's just not quite worked out. And, and Kai Kendi, maybe for a couple other reasons, hasn't worked out as best as he thought it was going. So, listen, good luck to them. Um, and I'm sure they'll do well in football. And, you know, a bit similar to Stephen Kelly, you know, has went out and, and now he's finding his way well, obviously he's a local lad to me and, you know, he's he's making a good career out of himself and I see these guys, maybe not as good as Stephen was, but they're definitely in that bracket where they could push in and make good, honest, professional football careers. And as I say, the Rangers training centre's there to produce talent for Rangers, but at the end of the day, it's there to make sure they make careers out of it and I think we do a good job at that. Absolutely. Scott, last word on transfers. I think we all agreed that we've got a bit of a bloated squad and it needs to be overhauled massively. I think the sign, if we were to sign Todd Cantwell, uh, Nicholas Raskin and uh, Morgan Whitaker, I think that would signal the start of that sort of overhaul. And we're seeing some of the, I guess, the, the younger players um, who aren't going to make it make their way out the door. What would what would be a successful transfer window for you, for, for Rangers in, in this January? I think though, I think if those three signings come in, I think that would be a successful uh, that would be a successful window for for me. You know, I mean, I think without going over the, we need a goalkeeper, but that that that'll happen. The, that'll happen in the summer. Um, I'm 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 sure of that. So, I think if the three signings come in, I think we'll I'll be happy with that. There's, we've had a bit of chat in recent days whether we think that will be the end of our business. You don't know what can happen as the the window draws to a the window draws to a close, you know. But 
but we're not going to get any Aaron Ramsey's or Ahmed Diallo on loan on the, the 30th or the 31st. Thankfully, Michael Beale has been very has been very clear. He doesn't want any loans. He wants players that he can work with and improve and for the next the next two or three years. And can I just say, I don't know if anybody's watched Michael Beale's press conference yesterday. He opens the press conference by saying, uh, Mark Benstead asked him the question, any update on transfers? And he said, nah, I, I, I spoke about that after the Kilmarnock game. I've, I've not really got much to say on, on the players. And he then spends the next three and a half to four minutes talking about transfers. Absolutely. <laughs> honestly, he's, he, he just loves football. You know, I think he talks a wee bit too much on occasion, but he's, he's infectious and his love for, for football and his job is 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 great to is great to see. It's a, the polar opposite of what we had for the last twelve months, and that's not a criticism, Geo. It's just the, the personalities are very different. But I think um, I think if he can get those three players in, I think we've we've done pretty well. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that one. So watch this space over the next ten days or so, and we'll see at least three new signings through the door at Rangers that will improve us over the next um, four or five months or so and then into next season. Um, I think we'll round it off there. So, Derek, thank you very much for joining us. Well done on your, your first podcast with TII. Yeah, thanks. Enjoyed it. Cheers for having me. And, Scott, thanks as always. Oh, it's been great. Thanks, guys. Appreciate that. And thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Please remember to subscribe to the TII YouTube channel, toggle on those notifications, and you'll get an email every single time we go live or there's a new podcast uploaded. In terms of the upcoming schedule, we've got our flagship podcast tomorrow night, Sunday night at 8pm. We'll have our Monday bulletin live at 7pm, and we'll be back on Wednesday as well at 7pm live with the latest Rangers news. We'll also be live should there be any big news that comes out the club as well regarding signings to give our views on that. So make sure you, you keep an eye on the TII YouTube channel, but that's all made easier if you click that subscribe button. So thanks very much for listening. Um, and until next time, goodbye. Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.